what I want us to do tonight is we're going to look into Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. And we're going to look into it as a mirror. And the purpose of tonight is I want us to judge our heart. When I look at this scripture, when I read this scripture, where am I? I want us to ask that question. I want us to challenge ourselves this evening. Not to bring condemnation, but for God to bring us higher. And so as we look in this mirror, it says this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Verse six says, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. I'll read it again. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And so as we look into this mirror and we examine ourselves, the question I want us to ask ourselves is, where is my heart? What is the posture of my heart? Where He calls me to to love Him with everything that I have. Every every breath, every fiber of our being, every thought, every, every dying moment, it's just He wants us to be consumed by Him. He wants us to love Him. I love it, it says, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, talking about your physical strength. He wants us to love Him like He loves us. And so often when we, when we start out in this walk, we begin there. If you've noticed any new believer, they, they're just so in love with Jesus. And I don't know what happens along the way. How we, we lose heart, we, we lose this place we, where we, years ago I could say, Father, I love you with all of my heart, all of my strength, all of my might, and we meant it with all sincerity. But something happens in, in this journey and, and we look back and I said, I'm not that person anymore. And this is where we have to be vulnerable to the Word. And we have to be honest with the Father. Is my heart in the place still? Is it still there? Where I can say with absolute sincerity, Lord, I love you with all my heart, all my soul, and all my mind. Revelation chapter two, he, church, Jesus is speaking to the church and he says, come back to your first love. See, we can do this. We can do church. And we can raise our hands when it's the chorus. And we can sing the song and how are you? I'm blessed, brother. Praise God Almighty. And we've got all the lingo and we've got all the Christianese. But Isaiah says this and it's a very frightening scripture. It says that they bless me with their mouths, but their hearts are far from me. And so this evening, God 
God wants our hearts. He wants our love. And so what is, what is the posture of your heart? And I, and, I, and I love it in Deuteronomy chapter 6 when it talks about loving the Lord your God. It just gives us the posture. It gives us a, a picture of the posture of our heart. If you, I don't know if Devin and Kelly were here, but this morning they were sitting over there and it's such a beautiful picture. And Kelly will often do this. She leans into Devin. She leans into the one she loves. And this is the posture that the Father is looking for. That we would lean into, that our hearts would be constantly leaning into His love. It reminds me of, of, of John the disciple. And he, the, the, all the disciples are with Jesus. They're sitting at the table. And it says, and John would rest his head on the chest of Jesus. And he would lean in to the one that he loves. He would lean in, he would give all of himself in that moment just, just to be, I've got him here, a captive audience with the king of my heart. And he would lean in. And so like I said, we, we, we go through life and what happens is we, we start there, we start like John. And then slowly we start to lean back. And it's just hardships of life, circumstances. In Psalm 95, it talks about Israel, how they were going through the wilderness and they experienced the hardship, right? Man, Moses, where's the food? Where's the, where's the water? Where's this? Where's, and it says in Psalm 95 that their hearts became bitter towards the Lord. And what was happening is that they started moving, the, the posture of their heart started leaning away from the Father. Another thing that would cause our posture to move away is idols. We start out, Father, we sang it and I give you everything, I give you all. And then along this journey, we, we start to pick up things which we know we, they're not right. But it's just, it's just a little compromise. It's nothing serious. It's just a little this, a little that. And this little, little starts to shift our hearts away from Him again. And so God's saying, lean into me again. I don't know where you are. Like I said, I can look at your face and think everything's fine. But He knows. Where is your heart? What is the posture of it? When we look into the Scripture, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Where are you? And so obviously God's desire, like I said, is for us to come back for our hearts to, to be postured toward Him, that we would be again, be the one that puts our head on His chest. Oh, there's Kelly and Devin at the back. <laughs> Wonderful. It's beautiful, I love it. She often does that, so embarrassing, yeah. But wherever they're sitting together, she'll lean in to the one she loves. It's amazing.
So I want us to go to Psalm 119. And we're going to read from verse 10 to 15. And what, what we're going to, we're just going to go through the scriptures and what we're going to see is that there's very practical ways in which we can come back. It's not like, it's not far out. It's not some spiritual mystery of how does this thing happen to me again? How do I get stirred up to my first love? How do I come back? How do I make sure that I'm in all sincerity the one who says I love the Lord God with all my heart and all my soul? And so God's already done everything on His side. That's what we have to understand. He's poured out all His love. Jesus Christ is the perfect demonstration of it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. So He's given everything. He's poured out all of His love and it's just a constant, for lack of a word, barrage of love towards us all the time. It just keeps coming and coming. I love it. I think it's Psalm 63. It says, deep cries to deep. Your, your waves and your breakers, they wash over me. And this is the love of the Father. It's just constantly just as the ocean is such a beautiful example, the waves come and they come and they break on the shore and they go and they come and they break on the shore. This is the love of the Father. He just continues to, to love and to come and then to love and then to come and to love. His love is unfailing. His love is endless. And just as He pursues us, just as He loves us, He wants us to love Him. And so like I said, it, it, Psalm 119 makes it very practical. How do, I, how do I come back to that place? How do I be the one who reciprocates the love that the Father has given to me? And so I'll read in Psalm 119, verse 10 to 15, it says, With my whole heart I seek you. Again, another mirror to look in, to reflect on. Says this, let me not wander from your commandments. I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight, as much as in all riches. Verse 15, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. So like I said, it's very practical what God's gonna show us. And so let's start in verse 10. It says, with my whole heart, I seek you. If you've ever been in love, you know you do crazy things for love. Remember, when I was dating Maggie, I didn't have a car. I've always got these walking stories in it. And so she was about a 45-minute walk from my house. And so you never want to leave the one you love. And so it's like, it's getting dark. It's getting late. I should probably go home. But I just want to stay. So let's just stay. Let's just make supper. Let's watch TV. Let's... Okay, it's getting late. I really need to go. And so here I am walking <laughs> in the dark, and it's like, 
looking behind. <laughs> There's someone following me, you know. And it's like, and I get home, it's like, I must never do that again. That's so dangerous. <laughs> Guaranteed. Next weekend. <laughs> There's Lord walking in the dark, putting his life at risk to visit someone. But it's, it, it's, it's, it's what, what God's looking for. That word seek, and we, we said it last week when we were talking about the waiting. It's not, it's not passive. It's, it's, it's an active place. It's like we will do that for a human being, but will we do that for him? Will, will we seek him out? That, that word means to seek specifically in prayer or specifically in worship. And so on a Sunday night like we did tonight, is just such a glorious moment, such a wonderful opportunity to seek His heart, to pursue Him. And so I wanna encourage you in these moments, don't be passive. Don't sit back and say, oh, shucks, these guys are taking so long. I'm only gonna come on a Sunday morning now. You know, it's like, use the opportunity. It's like, I will walk X amount of miles. I will spend X amount of money. I will do these things for the one I love, but I won't even worship Him for one hour. It's too long. It's too much. It's too physical on my legs. And then tomorrow you go running like a 5K. (laughs) Where are our priorities? Is it too much to spend time with Him every day in prayer? Not with the list. Not with Father, please do X, Y, and Z. But just to come to commune. I think it's Luke chapter something. Luke chapter 10. Story of Mary and Martha, right? Let's read it. Verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, listeners, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But listen to this, one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. One thing is necessary. What he desires, more than anything that you could give him, is yourself. More than the things we do, you know, I can do this, I can sweep the floor, I can play the keyboard, I can do all these things for him, but he is not asking for any of it. All he's asking for is just, 
I want your heart. I just want you to sit. I want you to spend time with me. I want you to seek me. I want you to pursue me. He doesn't want us to do the things for Him. He wants us to do things with Him. He just wants our hearts. He just wants our love. And so will, we spoke about this morning, the cost. Will we pay the cost to pursue Him? Will we walk 45 minutes in the dark to come to church? Will I wake up early? Will I go to bed late? Will I give my time to discover Him? To seek Him, to know Him, that word seek means to pursue Him, to chase after Him, to hunt Him down, to, to be so desperate and, and, and so hungry for Him. See, when I, when I do that, the posture of my heart changes. You can be feeling tonight, you can be feeling dry, you can be feeling just like... <laughs> sawdust in your mouth. I hate this Christian walk. It's just da 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 I guarantee you, if you just make that choice, make a choice to pursue. Make a choice to seek. Give of yourself. Don't always expect to, we, we do this as Christians. It's like, it's me, me. Give, 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 give. Lord, what do you have for me? Give. What do you have? Give, give, give. It's like, what can I, and we sang that song, like oil on, his, was that this morning? Oil on your feet, wine for you to drink, like water from my heart. It's the alabaster jar, breaking it open. Father, what can I give to you? And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, when you start to do that, something's gonna shift in your heart and you will notice a change. And what's gonna start happening? I'm coming back to my first love. I'm coming back to the reason. I'm coming back to Jesus. I'm coming back to Him. If we go back to Psalm 119. Verse 11, he says this, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That word store, it means to, to treasure. In Matthew chapter six, it says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so things we treasure, we protect. Things we treasure are the things that we value. And so our question tonight is, how, what value do we have for this? See, the, the, the Christian was never meant to live. You can't live apart from the Word. It's absolutely impossible. You will find yourself in a desert place. You can't even leave this thing for one week, I guarantee you. I'm just, I was gonna say try it, but don't try it. <laughs> don't try this at home. <laughs> you know, Jesus said it himself in Matthew chapter six in the Lord's prayer, it says, this is our daily bread. 
give us this day our daily bread. And just as our bodies need substance from food, so our spirit man needs substance from this Word. And if I don't, if I don't value the Word, if I, don't have a, 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 if I don't treasure this Word, if I don't have a value for it, I'm not gonna see the value in reading it. I'm not gonna see the value in, well, what's the point? And so I put it on my shelf. And as I do that, what begins to happen? The posture of my heart begins to lean away from Him. See, because it, I don't know how to even describe it, but this Word invites me. It's the most amazing thing. It's, it's alive. And, and as I read it, it calls me deeper. It calls me to, to know Him. It calls me to encounter Him. It calls me to, to discover Him. And as I read it, it begins to stir more and more in, in my heart. And He begins to take me on this journey of, of discovering the author of this book. There's a, there's a joke, I've said it before, but I'll say it again. There was this lady and her husband and they invited the pastor over for dinner. And so she put out all the best silverware that she has. She made the best meal. The pastor came over, they had a good time, good fellowship. He left and as she was washing the dishes, she noticed that one of her very expensive silver spoons was missing. So she looked everywhere, looked in the kitchen, I can't find this thing. Went to her husband, I think the pastor stole my spoon. He's like, no, don't be ridiculous. You'll never do that. She's like, he's like, just let it go. You probably left it somewhere or you never put it out. She's like, okay, fine. A year later, they invite the pastor over again to their house. And before he comes, the lady's like, I'm gonna, to her husband, I'm gonna ask him where the spoon is. He's like, don't do it. Just let it go. Don't embarrass us. She's like, okay, fine. So then she, again, she lays out all the silver, makes a meal. The pastor comes, eat the meal, have a good time of fellowship and the husband can see the lady's face. She's gonna ask him. <laughs> he's giving her that eye, like. And so she looks at the pastor. Um, can I ask you something? Like, Last year when you came, um, I noticed one of my silver spoons was missing. Did you take it? Like, oh no, I put it in your Bible. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's a very big reality for a lot of Christians. We go weeks, we go months, and we expect our love relationship with Him to be okay. This is like, if you can imagine, this is the Father. He has His heart and He has my heart. This is our connection. This is what draws me to Him. This is what keeps me close to Him. And it's like the umbilical cord to His heart. And as I, as I separate myself from this Word, I'm separating myself from His heart. You can't love Him you can't be devoted to Him. You can't seek Him out if there's no treasure, there's no value for this. And so again, if we wanna shift the posture of it and I look at my heart and I say, where am I? When I compare myself, when I look in the mirror of Deuteronomy chapter six and I say, where am I, Father? I'm over here. 
pick this up again. Start to read it again. Start to discover Him again. And again, you will notice your posture will begin to shift. Your love for Him will begin to grow. The next thing the psalmist writes, Psalm 119 verse 14, it says, I will, in the way of your testimonies, I will delight. And so when our hearts are growing cold, when our hearts are moving away from Him, the very practical thing is to remember what the Lord has done. Remember the testimony. In Psalm 103, it says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And so what the psalmist is doing, that word bless means this, it means to adore with bended knee. Like we did tonight, it's just to come before Him and posture our hearts and just adore Him and just worship Him. And he says, when I remember, Lord, I remember what You did for me, I forget not the things that You did in my life. And when I do that, when I remember, when I remember how you healed me, when I remember how you forgave my sin, when I remember how you lifted me up from the ashes and you seated me among the princes, how you, 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 you forgave me of my sin and you called me your son and you called me your daughter, the, the response of my heart is adoration. The response of my heart is worship. The response of my heart is to love Him again. And so what happens, we get caught up in life and this is going wrong and that's going wrong and all these things are going on and we forget what He's done and we focus on the negative. And when we do that, our hearts become bitter, our hearts become hard, we become offended even with God. Lord, why isn't this working out? Why are you not healing me of this? Why are you not providing here? Why are you not doing this? But meanwhile, Lord, you healed me here. You provided here. You did this for me here. And so it's just <clears throat> shift your vision. Shift your focus. Guaranteed hard times will come. It's just life. When they come, don't let them steal the affection of your heart. Because that's what they come to do. Our hearts should be continually just focused on Him continually filled with good thoughts about Him, remembering the good things that He has done. And you'll see it in the Scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, and we've got to learn from them. God, God will say to them, like when Joshua and them crossed the Red Sea, He said, build a monument so that there will be a testimony to the generations to come. All these feasts, like the Jews, they do all these feasts and they have all these celebrations. The point of those things are to remind them they, 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 they celebrate the Passover. They celebrate the Exodus. They celebrate the manna. They celebrate all these things. Even now, like thousands of years later, they bring to remembrance the testimony of God. 
They bring to remembrance what the Lord has done. And when I do that, like I said, I shift my attention. I shift the, 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 the affection of my heart off of the negative and I shift the affection of my heart onto Him again. And when I do that, when I, when I acknowledge Him, it, again, it, it invokes that response in me of adoration. The bended knee of adoration. And our Lord, I remember, I remember. And we just draw near to Him. And the posture of my heart again begins to shift to the one I love. And I begin again to put my head on His chest. It doesn't matter what's happening out there. But in that moment, it's just me and Him. It's just me and Him to put my head on His chest, just to love Him, just to be with Him. Psalm 42 verse five says this, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I remember you. Let's read it. He starts out, why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him my salvation and my God, my soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I remember you. And so when your soul is downcast, when you're in a moment of of agony, when you're in a moment of frustration, when you're in a moment of despair, what he says is, therefore, I remember. And so very practical, Make the testimonies of God available, like whether it's on your phone, whether it's on a piece of paper, whatever it is, that you can pull that up in any moment and not allow despair to come. Not allow the downcast sorrow to affect your soul. But in the moment, you take the testimony and to remember. Don't, because that's, that's the goal of the trial, the goal of the circumstance, like I said, is to steal your affection. Don't give it a second. Don't give it like even a centimetre. As soon as those, those, those feelings come, like we want to put on the sad music and we just want to be sad, you know? Don't. Just snap out of it. Don't let that stuff settle on you. Immediately remember the testimony. Shift the affection of your heart to Him. Because if you don't, if you, if, you, if you allow those things to sit on you, they will steal your heart. I'm telling you now. If you allow sorrow and all that's wrong that's going on in your life, you, if you allow that to just to consume you, your heart's gonna go like this. And now I don't even wanna read my Bible. I don't even want to worship because it's your fault. But it's all lies. And so we take immediate action in that. The last thing we're going to look at is Psalm 119 verse 15 and he says this, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. 
That word meditate means to, to ponder. It means to become absorbed in thought. It's a good example, but a gross example is, does everyone know like a cow has eight stomachs, right? Or seven stomachs, something like that. I meant four. Well, I'm way off, okay. <laughs> four stomachs. And so what a, a cow will do, it'll eat grass, it'll go into the one stomach, and it'll bring it up, it'll chew it some more, goes into the second stomach, bring it up, chew it some more. It's called chewing the cud. And so it, it's, it like brings it up, but it's the same thing. It's not new grass, it's the same grass. And so like I said, it's a gross example, but it's a really good example. This is meditation. Where the Lord speaks to me, whether it's in the morning or the night before, and then throughout my day, I bring it up and I ponder it, I think about it. Oh, I got a phone call. Yes. In every moment, in every opportunity that I can, I begin to think of Him. I begin to think of His Word. I begin to think of His ways. See, because the truth is this, that nothing steals our affection more than our thought life. And so throughout your day, there's gonna be things, what the, what the enemy, what the Bible calls the fiery darts, right? Fiery darts into your head, into your thought life, seeking to steal your affection. And so I gotta, in myself, I gotta give no place to those thoughts because that's, that's what anxiety is, just meditation, by the way. It's the same thing. So we have this like misunderstanding of meditation. We think meditation is like, Um, you know, empty your mind. That's Eastern meditation. Biblical meditation is fill your mind. And so I'm constantly filling my thought life. I'm constantly filling my mind with truth of His Word, of His ways, of His promises, of the things He's spoken over me. And I'm I'm filling those things in my mind so that when the fiery darts, darts come, they have no place to land. That I, there's no place for those things to be entertained in my mind. And so I, I choose to meditate. And it's about this in, in Matthew chapter six, it says, seek first the kingdom of God. Prior to that, he says, do not be anxious about what you will eat, what you will drink, or what you will wear. And so Joshua was saying this morning in the offering message that our lives get consumed by that. It's like we, we go through this life, how am I gonna pay my next bill? And throughout the day, we just like, sure, how am I gonna do this? How am I gonna do this? How am I gonna do this? We're meditating on negativity. We're meditating on things that are in opposition to what He says about His nature. And so the, Jesus commands, do not be anxious. In other words, don't let the thoughts run through your mind about what you're gonna eat, what you're gonna drink, what you're gonna wear. Shift, again, shift your focus. Now, not only your heart, but your mind too. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, the realm of your thinking, the realm of your emotions, the realm of your being. It's shifting the entire being of who we are. And so that's what I love about it. When it comes together, it's like we seek Him. That's our might, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. 
It's our strength. It's our physical action, taking time out to do things. And here we see it's, it's the realm of the soul where I'm turning my affection, where I'm choosing to love Him in my thought life. I'm choosing to love Him in my emotions, not allowing my emotions to be, what the Bible says, blown to and fro like a tossed wind. But I give everything I am to Him. And when I do that, when I make, it's very, it's very simple choices, very practical things. When I do this, I come back to my first love. I come back to being John again. And I can look at Deuteronomy chapter six and instead of bringing conviction, it brings me joy. It brings me peace. It brings satisfaction to me and say, Father, thank you that I can be this one. And so the thing is that we never have to go that way. We never have to lose our first love. Our love should actually just grow stronger and stronger and stronger. But it's when we don't do what is required that we end up like that. When we just, and it's, we just don't do the small little things. We just want to chill. We just want to break. We just want to watch a movie again and again and again. We watch another movie. Tomorrow we watch another movie. Just need to relax. I'm not speaking against relaxation or movies. But when they take his time, that's when it becomes an issue. When there's a person that takes his time, that becomes an issue. I'm speaking to Ross and I was speaking about it this morning. It's setting those priorities in your life. Having the, the conviction and the boldness to say no, to set boundaries. And so your friends ask you out, is not, not gonna do anything wrong, they just wanna hang out. Am I gonna set a boundary? No, this is my time with the Lord. Will I pay that cost? Will I switch off the TV? Will I switch off the computer? Will I switch off my phone? No Instagram for one night because it's His time. It's when we don't choose those things. It's when we don't do the small things. Like I said, you, you started there and you don't know how you got there. It's like all of a sudden, I'm like, Lord, where is my heart? I'm singing these songs and I don't even believe what I'm singing. How did I get here? One step at a time. And so we go back one step at a time. And it's to keep these things in remembrance so that we, we never go there again. Because like I said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your might, that's a perpetual state of being. Well, it should be. It's not a once-off thing or a far-off thing or a destination. That is the Christian life. That we can forever be the ones who love Him with everything we are, who never grow cold, who never backslide, who never walk through the desert season. But our love 
is constant as His love is constant to us. And so I don't know where you are this evening, but come back. Come back. That's what Jesus says. He says, do the things you did at first. Come back to your first love. Do the things. And I encourage you, just do the things. Come back to Him this evening. Make a choice tonight. Like this morning again, we, we spoke about the cost. Make a choice tonight. The Father is calling you to Himself. Will you make a choice to pay the cost? Whatever that cost is. Like I said, whether it's social media, whether it's friends, time with your friends, whatever it is, will you pay the cost to come back to your first love? Or will you just continue down this spiral two years down the line, you're just like totally out of it because that's where you'll end up. And so the Lord's bringing this tonight. He's saying, come back, don't go there. When I can look at Joshua and how many guys we've seen just gone, totally backslidden. Fire for God, just like words of knowledge, healings, God using them crazy ways, just loving God with all their hearts, just passionate in their worship. And now, because they negated the things they did at first. Ask any of them. First thing they say is, I stopped reading my Bible. I haven't read my Bible in three weeks. I haven't read my Bible in months. And you can see the fruit of it on their lives. So come back to your first love. Do the things you did at first. It's not about works. It's about love. Love is active. Love pursues. Love is demonstrative. So wants to close our eyes and not going to call you to the front. But if you've looked at that, that scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and you recognize in your heart that you're way off or maybe you're halfway off but your heart, you know that your heart is not where it should be. And you hear the Father saying this to you tonight, come back. Come back to your love. Come back and rest your head on my chest again. Between you and the Lord, I want you to make a decision. I want you to tell Him that you want to come back. And that you would make a commitment to do the things you did at first, to take the necessary steps to rekindle the love that you have for the Father, that you have for Jesus. So let's just take a moment and thank you, Father. Father, again, 
tonight we surrender our hearts, Lord. Jesus, in Revelation, you said, repent. Come back. And Lord, we repent, Father, where our hearts have gone astray. Where we've allowed life, where we've allowed idols and where we've allowed things to influence the posture of our hearts and we've turned our affections away from you, God, and we've made it about so many things except you. Lord, we repent. And tonight we we come back, Father, and we choose to do the things we did at first. And Lord, I thank you that you are graceful, that you are merciful, that you stand with arms wide open. And that as we come, that you give us the biggest hug and that you just love on us. With your unconditional love, Father. And so, Father, I pray that as Paul prayed for the church in the Ephesians, Lord, that we would know the height and the breadth and the depth of your love, that we would know the love of God that surpasses understanding and that we would be full to the the fullness of God, the fullness of Christ, the fullness of your love. And Father, I thank you that as we experience your love, as we know the fullness of your love, that there would be no other response in us than to give our all back to you, to love you back, Father, with all of our heart, to love you back with all of our soul, to love you back with all of our mind, to come back, Lord, to come back to our first love. And so, Father, even I pray that over each one of us tonight, Lord, that you would show us your love. I ask that you would give us a revelation and an understanding of the depths of the love of God for our lives. And that you would woo us again, Lord, at the deep, calls to deep. That you would woo us with your love, Lord God. That you would elicit a response from our hearts as we acknowledge that you love us, Father. And so, Father, we bless you. We thank you that you are love. And Lord, with all of our hearts, all of our souls, all of our might, Lord, we say we love you too, God. a pure conscience, God. We say we love you too, Lord. And we say thank you for your love that you give to us. Let our lives be a sacrifice of love. Let our lives speak of the love of the Father and our love toward you, Lord. So again, we commit ourselves to you. We commit our heart to you. We commit our ways to you. Thank you, Father, that you stir in us, you rekindle the flames and the fire and the passion to seek you and to know you. And we bless you for this now in Jesus' name.